Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Acts today. We're in Acts chapter 10. Um, uh, remember, we have this fella, Cornelius, um, in Caesarea, who had uh, um, sent for Peter to come to him. He was told by an angel to go, and Peter was uh, told by an angel to go see this fella, Cornelius. So, um, Three days' journey from where Peter was staying. He had just raised a lady from the dead in Joppa. So he is uh, kind of being, uh, he's kind of following the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit told him in uh, chapter 10, verse 20, rise and go and accompany them without hesitation. So that's what Peter's doing. He's getting up and go. Let God lead you. The Holy Spirit leads you. So here he is. He comes to. Finally, Cornelius' house. And so, what do you think Peter says when he comes in? It's more like, what's up? Why did you send for me? So, he says, uh, um, verse 29, So when I was sent for, I came without objections. I asked then, why you sent for me? So, he's sort of saying, like, you tell me. And McGee makes the point that, when you're trying to evangelize to other people, let the Spirit lead you. Completely follow the Spirit. And sometimes you just follow the other person's lead. Peter didn't go in there saying, Hey, I'm Peter, and I'm here, and I'm going to tell you about the gospel, and let me just force it down your throat. Or, look at me. Peter's being led. To be a good follower, you've got to be led. So Peter's going to let the Holy Spirit act and um, if you're going to evangelize to somebody, do it in the spirit. Don't do it in the flesh. If Peter would have gone in there and <clears throat> like what Peter usually did when he was early following Jesus, he would always blurt out something and say something that kind of reflected back on his himself. But now Peter's being very patient. Why did you send for me? Verse 30. And Cornelius then tells him why. Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Hey, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. So 
Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who was called Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So that's what Cornelius is saying. He says, I sent for you because I want to hear what you've got to say. Now, there's the opening. There's the Spirit of God telling Peter, now you can speak. Verse 34, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. Peter is being led. He's not only being led, he's not only waiting for God to give him the opening to talk. He's, he's learning that how God is calling him to speak to this fellow. Not the guy he thought he would be speaking to. This is a Roman centurion. Very important person. And right now, speaking to this person blows up the model that Jesus is coming to save only the Jews. That Jesus, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, was coming to save the Jews. When actually, Peter's realizing, maybe in real time, that the Messiah is coming to save all mankind. The Messiah is coming to save the world. So, Peter says, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. For as the word that He sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, verse 39. And we were witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. This is the critical, critical message of the gospel. Jesus died and Jesus was resurrected. Not, all, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Verse 44, So this is the gospel. Peter lays it right at their feet. And the critical part of the gospel is Jesus was Jesus died and was raised. That is the gospel message for all who believe can receive forgiveness of sins. Okay, verse 44. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water 
for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to remain for some days. So, McGee teaches this, that this is the Gentile Pentecost. They were speaking in tongues. This speaking in tongues kind of miracle was sort of the supernatural confirmation that the Holy Spirit has anointed this group. He anoints the Jews, now he anoints the Gentiles. And they're baptized. So verse now we'll come to chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Boom, that's a big shoot fall, isn't it? So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained to them in order, I was in the city of Joppa praying in a trance. I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners. It came down to me, verse 6. Looking at it closely, I observed the animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and, and birds of the air. Remember, this is what we read last time. He's just re- recounting all this. <clears throat> verse 7, And I heard a voice say to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Verse 9, But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times. And all that was drawn up again, and all was drawn up again into heaven. Verse 11, And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house which we were, in which we were, and uh, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. Okay? Being led by the Spirit. These six brothers also accompanied me. So he's got witnesses from his team also. And we entered the man's house. This is Cornelius. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message... by which you will be saved in all your household. Isn't it interesting? Peter's not trying to sway him with an argument. He's just telling him what happened. Verse 15, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When we heard these things, they fell, when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God is granted repentance that leads to life. Boom. There you go. The Messiah officially has come for the whole world, not just for the Jews. And, you know, this gospel message, the, the, the apostles were running around, thought it broke the mold of Jewish law. Now, this message broke their own mold because it's not just for them, it's for everybody. Verse 19, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen... Um, traveled 
as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Speaking to no one except the Jews. Now that's really critical here. It's still a Jewish new faith, a Jewish faith. Verse 20, but some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. Hellenists, uh, These are Greek-speaking Jews, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Okay, so this comes to Jerusalem. So Barnabas now is going to go up to Antioch and see what's happening up there. Antioch was a Roman town. It's a big city, and only, my study Bible says, only Rome and Alexandria were larger cities in ancient times. So this is a big city, big Roman city, and there's a new church up there, church in Antioch. A whole bunch of people are believing. So it's like the Jerusalem church says, let's go see what's going on. So they send their man Barnabas. When he came, the grace of God, he saw the grace of God. He was glad, he, and he exhorted them, all who remained faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. What a great thing to be said about Barnabas. A good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul because he needs help. He needs help in Antioch. The church is growing so fast. So when he finds him in Tarsus, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So Antioch now takes sort of the place of the new head of the Christian church. It used to be sort of Jerusalem. That was mainly where the Jews are. But now the head of the Christian church is sort of becoming Antioch, which is a Gentile city. Isn't that amazing? And Christians was the first label probably because they had their own identity that we're following Christ, not the laws of Moses. Verse 27, Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And when it says come down, Antioch is north of Jerusalem, remember, but Jerusalem is higher in elevation. So they come down from the hill country of Jerusalem going north to Antioch. That's the way that works. So they, they came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So he was a Roman ruler there, and so um, So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So you got Barnabas and Saul in Antioch, and we got this other person named uh, Agabus, and foretold by the Spirit working in him that there's going to be a famine, so that they're going to send some money to send relief to the other brothers. It almost kind of reminds you a little bit of Joseph taking care of people in Egypt 
when there would be a famine coming, you know. But now you've got another famine coming, and the, the new church in Antioch is going to take care of the brothers back in Judea, um, where Jerusalem is, by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So, again, we're seeing Antioch rise as a new um, head of the church. You're getting a prophecy here. You're getting the Holy Spirit working all these people. Now they're providing back to the Jewish Christians back in Judea. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time.